Welcome to The Continuing Educator. I'm your host, Jacob Bruno. Dedicated to the ongoing professional learning of educators, this podcast brings together the important issues facing teachers today and some of the most influential and expert folks in teaching to talk about them. Come for the conversation, stay for the strategies, the latest research, and innovative practices that can lead to success for students and everyone involved in their learning. The Continuing Educator is produced by the experts of the NWEA Professional Learning Team. One of my guests today is Dr. Ted Koh. Ted is a math guy. He's passionate about helping kids and adult learners really understand math. In a blog post he wrote for Teach, Learn, Grow, Ted made an apt analogy that I'd like to use to get things started. Ted writes, For many, learning mathematics leads to perceiving the subject as a collection of procedures that are disconnected from any big picture. It's much like filling a box with puzzle pieces, yet never building the puzzle. He goes on to build on the analogy, saying, individual pieces fit together to create a picture that is larger than any one element. The picture tells a story, and each part fits into that story in some thoughtful way. There are no lone pieces. Similarly, we need to have ways of thinking about mathematical notions to weave ways of doing together in some thoughtful and logical way. That's a great thought. And getting to that point, where we as educators move beyond doing math to thinking about mathematical concepts is what we're discussing today, particularly the notion of formative conversation starters. Joining us for conversation today, again, is Dr. Ted Coe and Anita Brown. Dr. Ted Coe is an energetic, passionate educator and has a true breadth and depth of experience in math teaching and learning. He draws on more than 25 years of experience as a high school mathematics teacher, a community college faculty member, the mathematics chair at two community colleges, an assistant dean at the university level, and a director of mathematics. As Director of Content Advocacy and Design for NWEA, Ted works to promote high-quality mathematical experiences for all advocating for mathematics at NWEA and around the country. Welcome, Ted. Thank you. Glad to be here. We're glad you're here. We're also joined by Anita Brown. Anita Brown is a new addition to the NWEA Content Solutions team, joining us as a content designer in mathematics. Prior to NWEA, she was a math educator, instructional coach and administrator at the middle and high school level, and later a curriculum specialist advisor and consultant, designing and delivering professional development content. We're so glad she has brought her talent and deep expertise and her mind for mathematics education to NWEA in 2022. Anita, welcome. Thank you. Very happy to be here. We're glad you're here. So friends, let me begin. You're both, I'm lucky to work with you. I know you as very agile and influential math minds. Um, Anita, I'd like to start with you with my first question. When we think about math, there's rules. There's logic. You could argue it's the least subjective discipline. Yet our students, I was a math teacher. I guess I should come out and tell everybody that as well. High school, middle school, math teacher, math coach. Our students often tell us, none of this makes any sense. Anita, where's the disconnect? Well, I was also a math teacher. And for me, my students were brave enough to tell me, Miss Brown, I just don't think like you do. So my challenge was not trying to get the kids to think the way I thought, 
but trying to understand how they think, you know, and, and to get them to communicate with each other and with me so that I could understand how they saw the math that was so sometimes clear in my own mind. Ah. Uh. I wish I had that in my back pocket when I was in front of some of my ninth grade students uh, in yesteryear. Ted, the second most common question I would get in the classroom, or actually it was more of a dismissal, is, oh man, Bruno, when are we ever going to use this stuff? Or I talked to my folks, they said they've never used algebra or geometry or et cetera since they left high school. How do you respond to that? And what does that say about uh, the way we've been teaching mathematics that doesn't put the puzzle pieces together? Fair question. The, and, and, it's a, and it's a valid one because it's not always clear how we're going to use the mathematics. In fact, a lot of the ways I think historically that we've perhaps taught mathematics in the United States has been so focused on ways of doing that we don't always end up seeing how those ways of doing connect to real life. You know, sometimes an example I'll put out there is I can ask a, a, a group of adults a question like, hey, when have, when have you ever actually used a uh, division of you know one fraction by another fraction and and uh, the, the more you talk you kind of tease out that well maybe it's actually maybe it's actually never found a use and and, and then you got to step back and you kind of go well why well why is that you know because you remember the rule that you know uh, invert and multiply and that's how we divide that's how we divide fractions uh, but if that's all it is if it's just a rule if it's just a single puzzle piece if it's just one one thing in the box, then you don't see how it fits into the bigger picture. So you're unable to see where it connects in real life. You're unable to see those opportunities. Uh, so this is why I come back. Right, this is why I come back and I say, look, we've got to ask this question. Well, what does it really mean to learn mathematics? Right? What 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 is the what is the initiative about? And the and my framework and and we've talked about this in one of the earlier episodes as well. You know, my my framework is this notion of focusing on uh, yes ways of doing. But alongside that, we, we really have these ways of thinking that are very, very important uh, and the habits of thinking that go along with how we put these ways of thinking together, putting them together with the ways of doing all of those things working in tandem so that the students can go off and do something bigger with the mathematics. It's not just focusing on, on can you do this particular thing, but it's can, can you, can you, can you, how do you, how are you thinking about it? What are you, and, and can you bring it to life and can you see it? Can you see where it fits into the bigger picture? Ted, I, I really appreciate that. I like that frame, uh, uh, really breaking high quality math instruction down into those three parts, ways of thinking, habits of thinking and ways of doing, uh, Anita, I'll turn to you. I think many of us as math educators are well-versed in teaching or explaining the ways of doing. Frankly, that's how we learned. Uh, Ed Prep College kind of reinforced this is how you do it. Um, the procedures and concrete skills of math, the mnemonics. But many of us may be less knowledgeable about developing ways and habits of thinking. Um, one of the ways you and Ted have talked about doing this is through formative conversation starters. Could you talk, what, like, what are formative conversation starters and how can they inform math instruction? So formative conversation starters are pieces of advice that we give to teachers on how we can begin to listen to thinking that's happening in kids' brains, right? So how can we begin to ask the right questions at the right time to our kids so that they feel like they're part of the math conversation, right? So they understand where we're trying to go with the math. They understand how they can begin to talk about, hey, 
Maybe these ideas that I have in my brain are really mathematical. And what we do is we give teachers ways to strategically ask those questions, right? And to think about ahead of time, how can you involve all of your kids, right, in this conversation so that becomes a conversation about them doing the math together. Anita, that sounds very compelling. Ted, uh, anything you would add to that? Yeah, I mean, it's this idea that, look, your students are they're, they're thinking something. They're bringing that into the classroom. They have ways of thinking about fractions and about operations and and they're coming into the classroom with that. And and so instead of saying, what is it that they don't know and how do I teach it to them? We start we we created these scenarios, these situations where you can where you can step back, ask some questions and start to piece together how the students might be thinking about these big ideas in mathematics that never expire. Well, maybe they first showed up in fourth grade, but either they're still valid, clear back, you know, clear down in seventh grade, eighth grade and following. So it's it's getting at that, trying to figure out how the students might be thinking about some of these things uh, and then giving the teachers the opportunity to sit back and listen. Uh, that's great. Now, I want to ask you both, what are some strategies for incorporating these into daily practice? Are, are they done in groups? Are, are they whole class written down as bell ringers? What, what advice do you have? Uh, how do you see these playing out in the classroom? My inclination is to say yes and. It's all of the above. And, and it really depends on the environment you set up, what the task is, how much time you have, how the kids did in class yesterday, right? So we're responding to um, what students have shown us that they are interested in, what's intrigued them. And sometimes it really is just looking at one task we started yesterday and going a little bit deeper and asking kids to kind of delve in and say, what were you thinking about? Tell us, um, I saw something on your homework from yesterday or I saw something in your classwork from yesterday. Let's take five minutes to listen to what this student has to say about what I saw in their work yesterday. That's wonderful. Ted, last season we focused on student agency. We had you on as a guest, and we were talking about working with students as uh, members of collaborative learning teams. Formative conversation starters seems closely aligned with this idea. How can this practice help build student agency in the classroom? It invites a cultural shift in the mathematics classroom. And, and by that, I mean, it gives it gives a chance to uh, say, hey, you know what, we're really going to we're really interested in how we're thinking about these things, how we're putting these ideas together. And it's a spot for us to actually feel OK to be vulnerable with it, to acknowledge, yeah, I don't have all these parts put together yet myself, you know, but, but let's talk through it. Let's talk through it. And let's see how let's hey, let's see how these things are kind of fitting together, how the pieces are starting to fit together in our in our own minds. That's great. Anita, anything you'd add to that from a student agency perspective? I feel, nope. I love it. I love it. But it gives agency in the sense that the mathematics, it, the mathematics authority, if you will, is not so much like in the textbook. It's not so much what's in the answer key. It's how are we talking about the mathematics? How are we handling the mathematics? How are we making sense of the mathematics? Yeah. I, you know, what excites me about this is, um, you know, the old Royce Sadler questions that have been used by m many, many thought leaders since they were posed. Where am I now? Where am I going? How do I close the gap? You can certainly answer that, it seems. And it's good for kids to know that from a ways of doing, but the ways of thinking, the habits of thinking also are germane there and are really, uh, I would put forward, 
part and parcel of what's behind that metacognitive process that, that we want kids to be involved in um, uh, that apply not only to mathematics, but the lessons and the habits, as you're saying, uh, far beyond the mathematics classroom. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay, great. Uh, Anita, we're sharing guidance here and strategies uh, individual ed educators can incorporate into their practice today. But how do we do this on a larger scale? I mean, the reason I'm asking you in your role designing specific professional learning content, how do you go about helping teachers hone the ways and habits of math thinking at the school level, at the district level, at the groups of teachers level? Absolutely. So one of the benefits of um, having a professional development space where folks get three hours of dedicated time just to talk about math is that it doesn't often happen back at their schoolhouse, right? But what we're pr trying to promote is development of professional learning communities where that's exactly what does happen, right? So that the teachers leave us understanding that there's some questions ruminating, there's a common goal. We wanna figure out how to get the kids that are in front of us um, participating fully in society and what that means about math participation is how are we at our school giving time for us to talk to each other professionally, to learn from our kids, learn with our kids, and learn together about how we enact the ways and habits of thinking. Our professional development experiences um, ignite those questions in teachers' mind, and we show them the possibilities of if you give yourself the time and space to ask the questions and do the reflection and dive deep into the math, then you can figure out a way to not only question your own metacognition, but transfer that to what you're doing in the classroom with kids. I think this is exciting. I, Anita, um, you know, I see here since the ability for an individual educator to engage with this concept and have a, uh, an impact zone of my classroom, day-to-day, uh, -day, et cetera, when you start talking about the school and district level, I think about widening that to my, my peers in my building, uh, cohorts of teachers across my district. But I want to step back for a second because, um, you know, Anita, I know that you come from uh, one of the largest school districts in the nation and have thought at that scale, a, a district that is large as many states. And to that end, Ted, you know, I didn't mention this in your bio, but you were the director of mathematics at Achieve. You're still sought to counsel uh, uh, or consult with state education agencies about instructional uh, issues and opportunities in mathematics. So when we go from the individual to the school to the district, when we, when we take that next level up, is there an opportunity here at the mega system level, at the, at the state education agency level for us to, to really impact practice in a, in a larger way with this concept of habits of thinking, ways of thinking, ways of doing, and the formative conversation starters that you put forth? Just curious. That's a tough question. <laughs> well. <laughs> so I really think that in order to get the traction we need to make a difference, um, leadership really has to be on board um, in the driver's seat. They have to understand what the current reality is. They have to understand what we're trying to do and the progress that we can make by allowing teachers to take the time away from classroom instruction to further their instruction. So if, if the leaders understand what they're looking for, what kinds of um, teacher facilitation moves they should be looking for, what they should listen for, 
then I think we're going to get the traction we need. And, and then I think we'll get the traction we need on a larger scale. Anita, thank you. You know, and I, and I think about sort of why we, why we put these together in the first place. And it was, it was pondering it. What, what's this, what's this world uh, like in, in, in the, in the days of COVID or, or more so in the, in the post COVID days that we'll hopefully soon get to experience. Right. But, but the, but the idea that uh, look, students are coming in and they have uneven opportunities to learn. And the temptation is going to be returned to return back to a mathematics of pointless points and plotless plots, where it's just uh, the mathematics with the ways of doing and trying to, and trying to, uh, get students onto grade level with regards to the procedures and so forth. And, and I, it, we wanted to put a bit of a time, a timeout, a, a, you know, a little pause in there and say, don't take your eyes off of the ways of thinking and how the ways of thinking are the things that give all of the connective tissue to, to the ways of doing and that, and, and that, uh, that you might be tempted to emphasize. And so it's, it's, it's this idea of pulling back the conversations to reminding what the goal is in the mathematics, to being able to say, hey, we've got some ways of thinking. In fact, we've pulled out 10 of them for you here. Things to listen for as, as, the, as the students grow from year to year to year to year. And it doesn't matter if they've, if, if they're where they are in their, in their learning progressions or whatever you might call them. These, these are ways of thinking that you can continue to build. You can continue to ask about. They continue to evolve in the students' minds. Uh, and we should never take our eyes off of them. And so it's that, it's that, it's that reminder of the bigger picture of what it means to learn mathematics. That's really inspiring and a, and a, a good guiding light for us as we, as we think about our practice, as we think about the ways individually and collectively we want to advance our practice. And I, I want to note that the two of you and the team that works around you aren't just thinking about these things as a, an idea to put forward, but you're actually, well, to Anita's point, you know, you're building work that is actionable for teachers. And Ted, I, I know that um, you've created a resource around formative conversation starters. And I'll, I'll just note, I'll put a link in the show notes so our listeners can find it. But Ted, could you tell me more about this resource you've created to, to get folks started with formative conversation starters? Well, yeah. And so what we, we what we wanted to do is we set out and we said, well, first off, sort of what are these big ideas that nurture sense making? Turned out to be an acronym BINS. We thought that was pretty cool, right? So so there, 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 there are 10 BINS, 10 big ideas. And they're ideas that once they once they sort of start to grow in the mathematics curriculum and mathematics learning, they never expire. So you start to learn about operations and it continues to grow. You start to learn about fractions and that, that will continue to grow, right? Uh, they, it, never, it never ceases to be something that you should be able to think about and have ways of thinking. Uh, and, and it's, it, so you start, you start with the, the, those 10 bins, but then we, then we say, well, look, let's build out some clusters of questions. And the clusters of questions are designed for a purpose. And they're, they're to extract a, you know, how you might be thinking about these particular things. And so you start off with a, one question, and it might be something like, you know, what does division do for you? And you talk about what division does. And then the next question is something more specific about, well, if you have this kind of situation, what ways of thinking about division can you bring? 
And then you ask another one and you ask another one, right? But you keep, you keep poking at things and you keep it, it, but it's the same kind of thing. You keep poking at it and you'll, you'll be able to find these points of dissonance. You'll be able to find some, uh, you know, where you, where you step back and you go, oh yeah. And for us, it was, we built them. It was, we would, we would ask these questions to the point where we were like, yeah, it's a pretty easy question to ask, but it, and it's one we should have an answer to, but maybe, maybe we don't. Right. And so let's talk about that because that's now a place for us to, to, to talk about how we're thinking and, and figure out the direction that we need to go to grow. That leads me to a follow-up question for both of you. You're, you're thinking about the modeling of the thinking process, the ways of thinking, the habits of thinking in the classroom. I'm cognizant of typical mathematics instruction that we experienced as students where it's, you know, guess where Mr. Bruno knows. And if I struggle, Mr. Bruno can come in and he's going to solve the problem for me. Counter that with this idea of sitting with the problem longer, persevering, having false starts. Is, is that part of how you see this and creating the space for that playing out in the classrooms so that not only do we get insights into student thinking, but the students have that opportunity as well? Yeah, right. We want to, we want to find out how, how are you thinking? What's the thinking that you're bringing to the classroom? How are you thinking about, about these ideas? And uh, are, are, they, are, they, are they doing the work for you? And just to expand the definition or student's conception of what it means to be a doer of mathematics, right, what that process looks like, um, that it can be messy, that it doesn't necessarily have a, a clear through line, a beginning or an end, and that it may look different today. Like you may be in one space today with this concept, and then tomorrow you may be in a completely different space and to help them understand that it fluctuates and that all of that is okay. Right. And that's part of what it means to do math and to think about new problems. And that's what we want them to do. And that's where we want them to go. And, and it's safe to be vulnerable. It's safe to ask questions. Be curious, be open minded, um, be OK. Like Ted just said, understanding that um, math is not static. There are definitely things that we are all still learning about math. And, and if there's a question in your mind, something you want to know more about, um, approach it with the mindset of I'm um, being inquisitive and a learner, just like I want my students to be, and, and just start diving in there. What is the conceptual understanding that you're seeking? What's the pedagogy that you're trying to improve? And just keep the students and their experience at the center of it. And I think it, it, it'll lead to great things. Anita, thank you. Ted, same question to you. Anything you'd leave our listeners with in terms of getting started and engaging in formative conversation starters? Yeah, maybe maybe enter with this this sort of framing in, in your mind where you're saying, uh, you know, I want to I want to go into this classroom and I and I want to have a meaningful mathematics conversation. And, and we hear that kind of language. And I'm going to flip that around. And I'm going to say, if you're if you're having a meaningful mathematics conversation, it has to be focused on mathematical meanings. And one of the most interesting things I think that comes out of these conversations when you run through these these clustered questions that we have is you'll find out that the that that the meanings that students have when they're talking about mathematics, it's it's not the same. So one student says fractions, they're thinking one thing. Another student says fractions, they're thinking something entirely different. And the teacher's thinking something altogether different, right? And so it's these opportunities for us to get the meanings out on the table and say, this is what I'm, this is, this is what we mean when we talk about these things. So we're not talking around those, but most essentially we're talking directly about them. That's great, Ted. One more thing. While I have you, I, I want to talk about another resource you helped develop, and that's on your website, tedco.com. Talk to us about the 
math stuff and the types of resources educators can find when they go there? Oh, well, thanks for the plug. I actually, so over the years, as I was a, as I was a teacher and as I did a lot of professional development and so forth, I started, I started uh, trying to build out applets that could help illustrate, illuminate, and give you a way. Basically, they, they provide sort of these visualized ways of thinking, something to, something to go back on. And so it's loaded. You can go to the website and you'll see it's just loaded with uh, animations, interactives, things like that. Uh, also links to some of the writing that I've done and, and so forth. But it's just, it's a, it's just been sort of a, sort of a hobby to, to do off to the side to keep that going. Well, we thank you for your hobby. I, I encourage again, we'll, we'll put a link in the episode notes, both for the formative conversation starters resource and for the free math stuff at tedco.com. Ted, Anita, again, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and your time with us today. Uh, thank you so much to our guests, Ted Co, Anita Brown. Thank you. Where can our listeners find you online, Ted? Uh, let's see, hashtag Dr. Ted Co or uh, tedco.com. Anita? I'm not there just yet. I need to come into the 21st century. We'll find you offline wherever we see you. Yes. For more insights, ideas, and resources on conversation starters or math instruction generally, be sure to follow our blog, Teach, Learn, Grow. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more educators on their professional growth journeys. Tune in for our next episode when we head to Las Vegas to discuss some of the great work happening in Clark County Schools. Until then, have a great week, and as always, thank you for all you do to help kids learn and grow.